Hi everyone, thanks for joining us once again. I'm here with another guest today, so we're just going to get on and he's going to introduce myself, himself. So, hello, guest. Hello, Essie. Hi, so can we just start straight away by you telling us who you are and what you do as a job? Right, okay. Um, my name's Brody Leggett. I'm a Zimbabwean, 36 years old. I was born in 82. I grew up in Zim in um, a Cambridge British-based education system in Zimbabwe where I uh, went through up until and passed my A-levels in maths, physics and geo. Um, I then went on and traveled the world a little bit and then uh, in, when I was 27 I joined university and completed an engineering degree um, after which I got employed, uh, uh, found employment in America where I've moved and I've been here about three years. I work in oil and gas as an engineer, my specific engineering trait was mining engineering, but um, you find the branches and you take you take anything that's suitable because I wasn't too keen on the mines, but uh, currently work office-based and okay. um, I'm in quality and customer compliance, which is interesting for a, a dyslexic or an ADD, but uh, there you go. But, you know, these, these things, I mean, you say it's interesting for a dyslexic and an ADD, but it brings something that, that lots of other employees without your impairments might not be able to bring. And as opposed with your level of experience from doing lots of different things, you can bring like a wealth of experience to the job and offer the best thing to the customer. You can, you can do, and that is something that um, thrives within um, personality traits and disability um, that I do have. The difficulty that I struggle with is that um, uh, in my particular role as quality and customer compliance, in America, everything's regulated fairly heavily, and yeah. there's ultimately only one or two ways you can do these sort of things. Yeah. Writing policies for companies to protect the American workers um, has uh, one way, um, and there's you know you don't have the room to drift and to go sideways and to think out of the box per se. So I do struggle a little bit keeping to um, the norm and yeah. keeping to the rules because I want to expand it, but. Um, you know, we struggle on, and um, it's 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 working out. Yeah, no, I mean that must be interesting. I mean, my next question was going to be around um, your disability. So, just explaining what the, your impairments are and what they kind of mean to you in and out of the workplace. Sure. Um, so, I was diagnosed. My mum was a teacher. I was diagnosed probably as early as twelve or thirteen. They noticed at fourteen. I went through to psych evaluations, and they sat me down and went through all the tests and. ADHD is very present, and um, dyslexia is part of the game, unfortunately, as well. Mm -hmm. um, I say unfortunately, I've got no regrets. I quite like like it because, without a doubt, I do see things um, in a different way. And often, this, the normal stuff, um, the everyday answers that seem uh, apparent to everybody else, they're not so obvious to me. And so sometimes I come across like I don't really understand what's going on. Okay. Um, with the normal things, but when it comes to um, uh, problems or um, situations where uh, people in normal conditions can't really see a way around or see a good solution, I tend to find it extremely obvious. Um, and uh, you know, you, you've got options. So I do bring a lot to the table. It's just a matter of uh, selective and the right time for the right place. Absolutely. So that kind of thing about thinking outside of the box and, and finding that kind of that answer that might not be obvious to everybody, obvious for you, is a really, really important trait for employee, employers. 
do you find that you're employed sorry something that I do quite often in the podcast is veer off the subject a little bit so ask you things that we haven't talked about um so um I am going to do that now if you don't mind but um do you find that employers kind of see that as a benefit and, and use that to their advantage um I don't think my uh I'm 36 so I joined this company when I was 33 I've mm-hmm. spent the last 20 odd years figuring out how um, to handle this and, and to operate in a normal society. Um, America, of course, is not normal to me, but the humans, we don't differ too much around the planet. Um, I don't think my current employers fully realize the extent of my uh, disability, so to speak. Um, I do think they enjoy um, the clarity that I can bring because I visualize um, problems and I work in oil and gas, so a lot of it's very... Um, you know, it's, 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 it's tangible, it's physical processes that I come up with uh, to answer some of the policies that they need written um, are logical. And to me, that logic is straightforward and simple, whether that's just the way I see it or whether that's just my engineering um, personality coming into play. But they do find it quite refreshing that I cut straight to the point and there's no waffle. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think if there was negatives, it would be, um, it's boring as ever. Um, <laughs> To write something for my company is great fun, but because it has to be in line with American regulations, it requires that I read uh, widely around the subject and make sure that um, I'm covering and crossing all the T's and dotting the I's. Yeah. And, um, sometimes I find that laborious, laborious, whatever the word is, and quite um, it's, it's a struggle to keep engaged and to get through it all um, before I want to just snap out a report and send out what I think is best because yeah. what I think is best, unfortunately, doesn't quite count. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, for me, there's a few things there and there for me. First of all, I completely identify. I don't have dyslexia and ADHD, but I completely identify with sticking in the rules. I always want to break the rules. Um, but also, what's interesting for me that you said, and I think that's a really good point, that actually you can get the support you need and kind of be um, be noticed for the, the extra stuff that you bring with your impairment without um, actually disclosing or actually talking about your impairment. For me, I've got physical disability, so it's very obvious. Um, so people make those snap decisions about me the minute they see me. But if you don't have to tell people that you have dyslexia or ADHD, but just have the benefits of having that, then that's you know that's an even greater thing, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I think empowering a dyslexic to make sure they understand what's going on in their own head, because it's not obvious. You know, when you have these um, traits from birth, uh, you don't know what's right to realise you're off the point, off the mm. mark. Um, a good example is when I. When I um, get pulled into a meeting about something that's coming up um, and they break it on down and they tell me everything, I um, have a fantastic ability of sitting there and really trying to absorb and and focusing on it. But um, I don't think they realize that whilst I'm listening, I might not entirely be absorbing what they're saying. Because I'm just not in the room or... Um, I'm fixated on the first sentence and I'm trying to figure out what they mean before I can take the next step and that's maybe a process that other people find natural um, whilst I have to ponder and double check every thought and by the time I've finished checking out the first sentence that he said he's on the fourth sentence and now the second and third sentence are lost so I try and remember what he said through 
um, background memory, and then I start processing the second sentence. Now we're on to the sixth sentence that he said, and it all gets overwhelming, and then I just switch off and I wait for the inflection at the end of the, the sentence for him to ask me a question, and then I ramble. Okay, cool. So, so, I mean, what are my next questions was what are the barriers? I mean, and you've just really nicely explained the barrier for you. Uh, you know, a, a, it might not be a barrier, but a challenge for you in the workplace. But also a little bit you touched on the solutions. So do you find that the, those things happen to you quite a lot? And, and the solutions are always the same? Or do you have kind of like a pot of things that you use to compensate or overcome? Um, yeah, I think a lot of freedom with um, choosing when you can go down and have these in-depth conversations is a big as an advantage for me because I'm in quite a relaxed environment. They're very yeah. flexible. But, um, you know, when it comes to sitting down at the spur of the moment, it's hit and miss as to whether you're there or whether you're not there. Yeah. Um, I find being anxious um, has a bit of a role to play. Anxiety for me actually almost helps because... Um, I fear not being able to answer it, so I feed off that fear so that I can concentrate on gathering some information before I go in. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, emotions and anxiety do play a bit of a bit of a role, and I think your personal life and um, the questions on the table can often um, merge, and it's very difficult for for me to uh, like if I have a problem at home. Um, I don't know, the girlfriend's playing up or, or things are not going too smoothly and, and I haven't got information that morning. For me to then go and sit into a, a meeting which is completely separate, unfortunately those emotions grab a hold and I can't really focus on what they're doing. Mm. And I probably come across to them as impartial and indifferent and not excited about it, which is obviously a negative vibe, but it's so far from the truth it's, it's, it's difficult and you can't explain it to CEOs and execs and things like that so you just got to deal with it you know? yeah yeah I mean I'm, I'm listening to this and I, I you know I can I can completely empathize and everything I can I can imagine some of our listeners that don't have disabilities um, and haven't come across disabilities at all might be thinking well you know I, I relate to that in the workplace and I just get on with it so is there anything that you can like any nugget of information that you can give people to help them separate general boredom with dyslexia and ADHD in meetings um because it's a very different thing it's not just you know it's not just you know not concentrating it's it's almost like you know it's almost like if you manifest it physically it's something that's creating a proper barrier yes i think the secret here is if you genuinely if you genuinely want to play a role and if you genuinely want to contribute to what you're doing on a daily basis you have to accept the fact that you're slightly slower Mm -hmm. You're possibly just as intelligent and your answers in the end, end result will be fantastic and maybe even better than the guy next to you. But um, it, it is going to take you a little bit more time to understand what the question is. And okay. it's very tough for dyslexics to turn around and stop the, stop the room and say, sorry, could you rephrase that question so I can pick it up? Because you can see everybody else next to you is on board and fully understands it, but you haven't picked it up. And I think it's crucial, it's really crucial for people with ADHD to understand that they're going to get a better answer to this question if they ask for the question, they ask for the question to be rephrased mm -hmm. and redone so that you're on board, um, and that is quite intimidating because you might feel like you're being a, a bit slow or you, you're not you're not as fast as the guy next to you, but it's 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 good to do it because then you have um, a result that comes from you 
and um, you're empowered to make uh, the best answer you can, which is often better than the guy next to you. You've just got to get your head around it first. I completely agree. I think that's really, really good advice for another person in a similar situation. Um, what advice would you give employers who are employing people with these kind of impairments? So employers, if they were to fully um, understand what was going on, ideally you'd have to have timelines and tracks. Okay. Um, I mentioned earlier about flexibility and it's nice, but the difficulty there is that if you give too much flexibility to a guy who drifts um, in and out, then you might find the task list is just not getting done. Right. So if you put priorities and you put a sense of urgency behind why this person has to focus, you'll get more out of the individual. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. That's really good advice. Um, so uh, we're going to change kind of direction a little bit and stop talking about the workplace and start talking about consumers. So part of what I do, so I do internal processes with employees and business. And the other side of what I do is support businesses to attract disabled people to their business. Um, so I always ask my interviewees on the podcast a little bit about being consumers and being customers. So as a consumer buying a product or service from a business, what would you say was your biggest challenge with ADHD and dyslexia? It always going to come back to emotions. Um, when you've got third parties relying on you for um, you know, keeping their business afloat, you need to um, be able to answer in a timely fashion, and sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a, I'm unable to regulate emotions. There are verbal outbursts because I think something and I need it to be said right now, knowing full well that in the past, the reason, the reason I have outbursts is because in the past I know that um, if I don't say my thought right now, the next sentence he says is going to knock my mind off track and I'm not going to remember this. So it's very difficult for me to keep quiet, um, formulate everything that's being said, remember the, the gist of all the various points and then regurgitate my answers in, in, a, in a timeline fashion. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it, emotions and verbal outbursts are a bit of a problem. The pros, the pros to the to this is um, I do find I get very, very intense when I am interested. Okay. When the concentration is there, um, it's a very, very, very deep, very, um, I have difficulty stopping the task, you know, which is a good thing, right? Absolutely. No, it's a very good thing. Absolutely. Um, but I suppose on the other side of that, you know, if you have difficulty stopping the task, you, could, do you get burnt out? You do get burnt out and you do have the problem of um, there's a task and the answer to you uh, has three points to it. You've got five minutes to deal with these points. The first point, because you're so involved in it and you, you feel, I feel deeply intuitive about something and I'm sure that this is the right way to go, I might extend and spend too much time rambling on the first point. Right. And, and by the time the second and third point come, which possibly have equal, equal weights, uh, it's too late. You know, the, the damage is done. You spend too much time on the first one. You're losing track in your head. You're losing time. You're losing their concentration because, you know, it's just not as succinct as they were used to. Absolutely. I mean, do you find that, you know, do you find that writing things down to, I mean, I do in meetings, I just have a really bad memory. And, and because I'm quite creative as well, I tend to think about 10 things and then forget the first. Um, so do you find writing down your points helpful so you can go back and look at them? Um, for, for maybe. Um, I do know there's a strength in keeping track in it. Um, 
you've got a couple of problems there, just the act of telling yourself to write something down, you're now going to start fixating on the spelling okay. and handwriting and making sure you can write it, and now you're switched off to the room. So it goes back to the, to the point where if you tell your employer, look, I'm, I'm switched on, I can give you great results, I'm just a little bit slow, so when I want to write things down, can you just pause, let me get my stuff in, 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 into a paper so that I can remember it later, mm-hmm. and then we'll go on to the next question. Okay, I, you know, I think that that's really, really good advice, you know, because essentially what you're saying is telling disabled people or people with impairments, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for people with dyslexia and ADHD, but the advice you're giving is universal, um, a sort of, to say to employees, you know, I need a bit more help, but if you're able to give me the support I need, which actually isn't very much support, then, you know, the, the, you know the, what comes back for you is brilliant. So I think that's really good advice. Thank you very much, Brody. Sure. Um, just one more question, really. Is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners? Just understand that you're disorganized. Understand that you need space. Understand that you are going to try and avoid tasks. Understand that um, remembering even simple tasks will get lost in the stuff that you feel is important. And um, sometimes it helps to just act as if you're not who you are. Act as if you're the employer and put his priorities at the front of your mind. Um, You've also got to do a lot of self-control and motivating techniques. So, for example, when when I go into work in the morning, um, I only have one coffee a day and I quite look forward to it. It wakes me up, it it speeds me up. I take methylphenidate, which is Ritalin, to the rest of the world. and it takes a, a period of time before that kicks in in the morning. So what I say is, um, I know I'm going to get distracted. I know things are going to, people are going to walk past my office. They're going to ask me about last night. I do want to go and stand next to the water fountain and, and greet everybody on the way in because that's more interesting than sitting down and writing some policy. So what I say to myself as a self-control is, I'm not allowed to have my coffee until I've started writing the first sentence. And that involves opening the document, choosing what you're going to do for the next hour and a half, prioritizing which is first, getting that document open, having a little bit of a read around what you're going to do, and then get that first sentence down so you've got a path to pick up from when you sit down and you don't have to redo all the thoughts that you've just spent 15 minutes doing. Then you can go and get your coffee as a little bit of a treat, um, treat and reward, and then you can come back and you can crack on. and the joy, the secret of that is that um, the coffee incentivizes you to get excited about something and then start it. And then once you've got the coffee, um, you feel like a little win and you've got a little bit more motivation to get back into that. And hopefully that's enough to keep you going. And understand you've got 45 minutes. After that, you're done. You have to get up, go play some ping pong, go do some push-ups, go best of the guy next door. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got to remember your you 15 minutes is will turn into three hours if you're not careful yeah absolutely no i think i think that's such good advice to actually focus your mind on one task at a time and then to essentially give yourself a reward for completing that bit and split your day up into sections like that great thank you so much brody i really i really appreciate it i think this has been a really good podcast and that you know i hope our listeners think so too thank you very much for your time Essie, you've been a fantastic host thanks for having me on the show not a problem see you later bye